Hello. Thank you for downloading this sermon by Pastor Casey Helenchek. Casey is a missionary pastor with Village Missions. Currently, Casey and his wife Hope and their six children serve the Bangor Community Church and the surrounding area of Bangor, California. Village Missions exists to glorify Jesus Christ by developing spiritually vital community churches in rural North America. We now invite you to open your Bibles and journey with us. All right, well, if you would, go ahead and grab your Bible. Turn with me to Luke chapter 21. There we go. As always, if you do not have a Bible or if you are in need of a Bible, uh, please see me after the service and we can work on getting one into your hands. Uh, this week is kind of an extension on last week's passage. It's um, some ways uh, could have been just one one passage, one sermon last week and this week. Um, they're inextricably connected. And some would say that, that this week's passage is an application of sorts of last week's passage. So maybe, maybe not. But it's definitely connected. And so I want to just start by reviewing a little bit from last week. Jesus started talking about some of the things to come in the future. Uh, he talks about the signs and the warnings in specific regards to the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple in 70 AD. Uh, This was going to be a judgment from God on the unbelieving Jewish nation. His focus was that bad stuff is going to happen. I'm telling you about it. I'm warning you about it. Look for those signs. Remember to look to me, to focus on me. He says, I will return. And those who believe in me, will be eternally saved, eternally forgiven, and eternally alive. He says, look to me, look up to me, look for me, for your redemption draws near. Now, some of you may have been wondering after that passage, well, what do we do with that? Jesus partially answered that, and he's going to answer it in in deep. He's going to answer it deeper in this morning's passage. As a warning, Jesus is not going to give a feel good. It's all good, guys. Nothing bad's going to happen. That's not the the message. It's not have more faith and you'll avoid bad things. Pray harder and I'll take it away. That's not a message that Jesus ever gives. Uh, Instead, Jesus is going to deal with reality, both earthly, temporal reality and heavenly, eternal reality. Uh, So we'll go ahead and we'll read this morning's passage. Luke chapter 21, verses 29 through the end of the chapter, verse 38. I'll be reading out of the English Standard Version. I encourage you to read along in your preferred translation so you see for yourself what the Word of God says, and I will have it up on the screen as well. Uh, Luke 21, 29 through 38, the Gospel writer, inspired by the Holy Spirit, records the words of Jesus. And he writes, And he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they come out in leaf, You see for yourself and you know that summer is already near. So when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all has taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life. And that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. For it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. But stay awake at all times, praying 
that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. And every day he was teaching in the temple. But at night he went out and lodged on the mountain called Olivet. And early in the morning all the people came to him in the temple to hear him. May God bless the reading of his holy word. So Jesus starts uh, with the parable reiterating how we are supposed to hear and read last week's passage. At, at the time, this would have been just a continuation, the same conversation, the same discussion. There wouldn't have been a break between last week and this week. Uh, and so in the parable of the fig tree, Jesus reiterates, there will be signs. And signs mean things. Signs are a natural order, a natural part of the way God has made things to work and to be. And specific to this conversation, when you see that, that what Jesus pointed out, the signs that Jesus pointed out that we looked for last week, when you see these signs, then you know that the kingdom of God is near. Jesus makes it clear in the Gospels that he is here to inaugurate the kingdom of God. And he does. Jesus, his life, his incarnation, God made flesh, along with his death, his resurrection, and his ascension, meant that Satan had been defeated. And that the kingdom of God is here now, at least in part. And Jesus says that this this generation will not pass away until all this has taken place. Now, everybody in history has a different idea of what that verse means. And how we interpret what Jesus is saying here depends on what we think the word generation means when Jesus says it. There are three historically and biblically feasible Uh, things that the word generation can mean in this case. First is the way we use the word generation today. This would be all the people alive who were born in a specific period of time and most of them that will die in a certain period of time. And within that range, that is a generation. We have the greatest generation, the baby boomers, generation X, Z, millennials, so on. Those Those are a generation defined by when they were born and the estimate, loose estimate on when they will die. That's how we use the word today. And if this is the case, then Jesus is specifically referring solely to the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD and nothing else. Because the people that were there listening to him would have been there 40 years from then when that all took place, what we looked at last week. But none of those people that were there with him are still there today. They're not here today. That generation has passed using generation in that way. We've also seen the the Bible use generation to refer to a specific race of people. Uh, We see Jesus referring to the time of the Jews or the time of the Gentiles. uh, and, and, And that's a generation. And so that's a valid interpretation as well. Again, in this case, in the context, the time of the Jews started ending when the kingdom of God is brought by Jesus and completely finished when the temple is destroyed And then it's transferred to the time of the Gentiles. Uh, I have a soft leaning towards this third one. uh, But honestly, I have no idea which of these is right. Uh, But I have a soft leaning to this third one. And that's the the word means what we often see in Luke. And And we see it in the Old Testament as well. And this is referring to a specific wicked and unrighteous group. The people on earth that God wipes out in the flood were a wicked generation. Uh, It's not basing that on time it's basing that on they were a wicked group of people 
Jesus references the same generation when he overlooks and laments over Jerusalem. That it was a wicked generation that was doing these things. Now, no matter what, Jesus tells the disciples, trust what I tell you. Recognize the difference between this, this temporal and temporary world. The things that, that, that we see uh, happening around us. The troubles of heaven and earth that come with this life. Recognize the difference in that and the eternal. The kingdom of God, the word of God, the eternal life that is offered. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. Jesus is, is putting his words on par with scripture. He is making that explicitly clear to the people who are listening to him. His words are the word of God. He's calling back to Isaiah 40, verse 8. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. And so as sure as the things that he has said will take place in the next 40 years, and we see in history that they all did take place, as sure as those things will happen, so too will his second coming take place exactly how and when he says it will, and exactly how and when God has predetermined it. And whatever we think the word generation means, Jesus had a specific meaning in mind, and what he is saying will happen will happen exactly as he says it doesn't always matter what we think he means, but what he means and what he says will happen. And so next, Jesus tells us how we are to deal with all that he has said. First, there's going to be bad stuff happening. He's not saying don't worry about it, though in certain ways, in certain meanings of that, he says that elsewhere. But what he is saying is that you know it's going to happen. You know the reason for this. Don't ignore it. Don't drown yourself. Don't, don't get depressed. Don't become despondent. Don't get discouraged. Don't get drunk. Don't, don't hide from what you know is going to happen. Don't shove it away. Eat, drink, and, to, and be merry for tomorrow we die. Jesus is saying that's not the way to deal with life. There's going to be bad things happening, and we already know that. If you don't, you know, the, that mindset Jesus is... is Addressing here, well, if I don't think about it, it won't happen. Hakuna Matata, no worries. <laughs> Drown out the pain. Those are the things that Jesus is saying not to do. Those who are, are pretending it won't happen or, or who are forgetting about it, who are purposely choosing to ignore it, those are the ones that are going to be the most surprised when it does happen. And it's like I was thinking about this and it's like a, a mousetrap. Uh, when it springs, if you know it's coming, it'll still make you jump, but it's not bad. You, you expect it. You're tensed for it. You're ready for it. But if you don't know a mousetrap is there and it springs, whew, that heart gets start beating and it takes a while for it to calm down. And, th and that's, in my mind, that's how I'm picturing what Jesus is saying here. You have to be ready for this. You're not going to know when it's going to spring. You're not going to know exactly those things. There are going to be signs leading towards it. So you know it's there, you know it's going to happen, and you can be ready for it, even if you don't know, to use the biblical terms, the day or the hour. One of the takeaways is that when all this happens, there will not be then time to react. The time to act will have already passed. There will not be time to change your minds or to change sides. Choose now is what he is saying, because once it happens, it happens. And so when we look at this, when we look at our, our families that we're praying for, 
prayed for specifically by, by name, Janet and Jennifer's families this morning. We, we pray for each other's families often. We all have unbelieving family. Uh, and, and we pray for those as, as individuals and as a church and as in prayer meeting especially. We pray for those people very often. They don't know when this is going to happen. They don't believe that this is going to happen. And so when it does, they're going to be the most surprised and they're not going to have a chance then. The time is now. And, and that's why there's an urgency to our prayers uh, in that. It's, there should be an urgency within ourselves. If we're not sure or if we're uh, you know, struggling with things or, or whatever about our salvation, about our trust in Christ, then that urgency should be there. Well, I need to figure this out. Because someday, today, tomorrow, a thousand years from now, things are going to happen. Jesus is going to come back and then it's too late to make the decision then. So I need to be ready for that. That's why Jesus is, is so emphasizing. That's what Paul means when he, when he talks about work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It's not, it's that once it happens, it happens. And we don't get a second chance at that point to change our minds. And Jesus says, make no mistake, it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the earth. This is, this is not a, don't worry about it, it's not going to happen. This is not a, well, you guys who believe this, it'll happen that way. You guys who believe that, it'll happen that way. Jesus says it's going to happen to the whole earth. All who dwell on earth. Don't believe Jesus as if he can... Don't believe as if Jesus can speak falsehoods. Don't trick yourself into that it won't happen. Don't ignore it as if it's way off in the distant future and has no effect on you. Because it will happen to all. Either wrath or grace. Either judgment or forgiveness. And our trust in Christ. The grace of God giving us that faith in Christ. That is what makes that difference. So what should we do? Jesus gives a couple of two practical, clear things. First, stay awake. Not literally stay awake as in not sleep, but be vigilant and stay focused. Be prepared, acknowledge, and know that it is coming. Know it, it could be any time. Staying watchful in all times. Living our life today knowing that tomorrow he could return. But knowing, as we read the scripture reading last week, I had Mike read, is that we work for the good of our city. We work for the good of this life. We work as if we are going to live and Jesus won't have come back yet, knowing at the same time that it could be any day. Balance is hard to figure out in our minds sometimes. I, I recognize that. But that's the balance that the Bible is telling us that we have to have. So stay awake, be vigilant, be focused, be prepared. This, this call to vigilance and the, and the call to prayer we're about to talk about is, is universal to all Christians in all times. Stay awake and pray. Pray without ceasing. That's not how Jesus phrases it here, but that's, that's what he's saying. Uh, pray. Continue to pray. Be focused and praying. Now again, the context, the immediate setting is this is the lead up to 70 AD. He's saying to pray, telling his disciples, pray that you will have the strength to escape all these things that are going to happen. All the things that we looked at, at last week, as he told his followers, as time is getting close to the siege and the surrounding of Jerusalem, as time gets close to the judgment of God falling on this city, 
Don't flee to the safety of this walled city, but flee to the mountains. And, and he went into what was going to happen and it was going to be bad. And we have historical records of how bad it was. Jesus says, and, and we see that the, the Christians who, who recognized his words and recognized those signs did flee. They escaped Jerusalem before it was completely cut off. And that's why they were able to bring the gospel to other areas of, of the Roman Empire. And Jesus does not say to pray to avoid the bad. But he says to pray that you will get through it and will stand before the Son of God. Now, God does not, as a rule, spare his people from pain, wrath, disaster, whatever. Not as a group, anyway. The flood, Egypt, the wilderness, the Philistines, Babylon, the Assyrians, Rome, as Jesus is speaking here, and so on. Jesus does not spare his, his whole group of people from going through bad things. And I, I don't see biblical evidence of that changing. And I personally don't see God taking his people out before the world gets worse. What we do see is that individually, as believers and followers of Jesus, that we will be brought through all of the bad things that are going on. And we will be brought through it by Christ. He promises those who believe in and follow him eternal life, eternal safety, and eternal escape from wrath and judgment. He promises that those who believe and trust in him will stand before the Son of Man on the other side of all of this. That phrase is, is simply signifying salvation on the last day. That when we stand in front of him on the day of judgment, we stand before the Son of Man, that he will say, well done, good and faithful servant. That he will say, enter into my kingdom. That he will say, you are my child or you are my, you know, this is, it's simply saying that we will have our eternal salvation on that day. Now, the last two verses here are really just simple logistics. Uh, Jesus spent all day, every day teaching in the temple. People would come very early in the morning to hear to the temple to hear Jesus teach and speak. But in the evening, he would go back out of the city proper outside the walls of Jerusalem and he would stay on the Mount of Olives. I did see one commentator try to to pull application out of this text, uh, those two verses that it, that it helps us identify with Jesus, because just as we commute to our jobs, he was commuting here in and out of Jerusalem. That's not a way to apply this text, just so you know. Um, if that helps you feel closer to Jesus, great. That's not why that was written. It's just simple logistics. This is what Jesus was doing during that week. The people were coming to him. The people were, were getting up early and going to him. And so we, we look at this, this passage and the passage from last week as well. We, we bring all of this together. The world is going to end. The world as they knew it ended in 70 AD. It was a brand new world to them. Everything that they knew historically, culturally, religiously was gone. And this new, what Jesus' Jesus's teachings and the apostles and the letters of Paul, that was what they had to rebuild on, those who believed. Because everything else they knew was gone. Jesus says to, to stay awake, to stay prepared, and to pray. 
Everything he promises has come true. And everything he promises will come true. Everything in history is moving forward. And it is headed directly towards Jesus Christ. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He is God. He is the one that will judge the living and the dead. He is the one that we will stand before. The Son of Man. He is the one that we are to focus on, to believe in, and to turn our eyes upon. So in that vein, I just I want to leave us with a couple of scriptures uh, about Jesus and who he is. And just as I saw this, this, tr- this chain of scriptures in, in one of the commentaries, and I think it's, it's a perfect summation of focusing on, on Jesus, staying prepared, and who he is. First, uh, Colossians 1, 15 and 16. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And then Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works." And lastly, 1 John chapter 3, verses 2 and 3. <laughs> Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Let's go ahead and pray. Jesus, we thank you for giving us these warnings, for telling us to focus and pray, for reminding us of these things, for, for helping us to know that, we, that you will bring us through it. And to, for us to not have unrealistic expectations, uh, as so many out there are tickling ears uh, right now, saying that if you just give more, if you just pray harder, if you just have enough faith, that everything will be peachy and rosy and and perfect. Lord, you say that's not the case, that there will be bad things that happen. So we praise you, we thank you, we glorify you that you help bring us through that, that you remind us, that you help us to stay awake and prepared. Lord, we just, we look to you, who you are, what you've done, that you are God. We thank you and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Bangor Community Church. You can find us at facebook.com forward slash B-A-N-G-O-R Community Church C-A, all one word. If you would like to connect with Pastor Casey, please hop on over to CaseyHolenchuk.com. That's C-A-S-E-Y-H-O-L-E-N-C-I-K.com. Thank you and God bless. Thank you again for listening and joining us on our journey through God's word. If you've listened this far and believe in our ministry or us as a family, please consider partnering with us. We would be honored to know that you are praying with and for us. 
If you feel compelled to give through financial support, information on how and where to give can be found at kcholanchik.com slash giving. Thank you and God bless.